Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyoli, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where guests inspire us by sharing their formative sexy timelines so that we can all lead better laid lives. Our guest today is a 33-year-old straight Asian-American dude who is in a relationship of three years. He is a daddy dom who is into caretaking, exhibitionism, threesomes, and he has a strong oral fixation that goes both directions. Joining us from the U.S. South, welcome Kimosabi. Hello. Hey. Can you start out by telling us if you had to rate yourself on a sexual shame meter with 10 being the most full of shame and one being not so shamey at all, where do you fall? Right now, two. Okay. What about in general? In general, it just really depends on my current physical self-esteem state. Two right now is because I'm a little bloated. Okay. I kind of love that answer because it's not so much like, oh, am I around a work person or a home person? It's just sort of like my physical body. I love that. I love that. Okay. Can you give us a little snippet overview of what is your sex life like right now and what are your favorite parts? Right now, it's great. In my relationship with my partner, because of my job, I see her throughout the week. My job doesn't really have a set schedule, so like I work long hours so when i see her it's just like we'll eat we'll shower and then hop right into bed and then get at it honestly that's kind of my ideal relationship that sounds amazing okay like as soon as i'm able to text her i'm i'm going home today she's like okay cool i'm gonna shower and we're gonna do this what do you want to do tonight like oh i want just that and the third and it's just that let's do it amazing can you tell us now what is sexy to you give us your personal definition i feel like it's a mood the vibe you know there's like a, a good mixture of feeling confident horny with like the intent of wanting to outwardly portray that sexy feeling you know because like it feels sexy to me like you have to be a level of horny 
Because if you're not feeling it, you're not feeling it. So you don't feel sexy. But like when you get that feeling, you know. So is that when you feel sexiest, when you're horny? Or do you have other modes of like when you feel really sexy yourself? Like if I'm doing something hobby-wise or work and like I'm really killing it and like I'm doing a really good job and that confidence, that feel good, you know, it's just like, yeah, I'm killing it right now. That's... I fucking love that. Okay. Now tell us what counts as sex for you. It doesn't necessarily have to be penetrative sex. It could just be cuddling, making out, hands roaming freely from one to ten being completely primal. If it's a shared intimate space and like we're being more physically intimate, you know, that's cool too. Love that. To me, I can have a mental orgasm when I'm really intimate, some, you know, my partner and we're just really having a really intimate moment. It's more of an emotional erection, does that make sense? That's so hot. Does it feel like anything or is it just like, can you describe it a little bit? It's the tingly. It's tingly, you know, like that tingly feeling that it just feels so, so good. Amazing. Okay, so now let us know, as a young person, did you ever get an explicit health and safety talk from a grown-up that you trusted or any lesson in consent? Absolutely not. That's solely based on a cultural thing, from what I've learned. And a lot of people within my culture have had the same experience, too. As an adult, can you give us an example of a time where there was a really explicit, clear yes that led to something delightfully deliciously hot Ooh, the first thing that comes to mind was when me and my now fiance were first dating and it was like the second or third time i was over at her place and she had her head in my lap and i was just doing my daddy numb thing cutting her rubbing her back we were watching stuff she randomly gets up goes into her room changes into a onesie with like a bombshell bra on and the onesie's like barely zipped up and she just takes my hand and leads me into the room and we just get at it not saying a word she was just like okay i want to fuck right now so she goes and changes into her like one panda onesie or something and just takes what she wants i love that even i was just like oh my like are we doing this we are doing this okay she's gonna make it oh taking her mouth <laughs> I'm so excited to get into the rest of the details. Okay. Now tell us, though. Let's talk about safety before we do. What happens to your shame-a-meter when it's time to talk to a new partner about safer sex? It sounds like you guys maybe have some threesomes. But even if it's not a new partner because now you have a fiancé, congratulations. Tell us about your health and safety conversations and how they go for you in an ideal setting. Oh, I won't even consider having sex with someone if we don't have to talk at all. Like... Even if they were more persistent about, oh, it's okay, it'll be all right, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, we have to have this talk for your safety and mine. And like, you know, with preconceived notions of everything, you know, with the lifestyles that we live, this, we have to do this. This is not a negotiable thing. Okay. So do you use condoms with people who are not your primary partner? Well, do you, I'm assuming, wow, listen to the assumption of my question. Do you use condoms with your partner? Like, what do you, what's your kind of like safety protocol for yourself to keep you and your fiance safe? I generally will have condoms, but if it's somebody that have tested recently or we agree that we all are in the clear, then, you know, if it's a group on that condoms not needed, then so be it. Great. Okay, here's my question for you on that, because I have tried that method a couple of times and been lied to 
by my partners. Like just that's why I have herpes in my throat. How much trust building do you do? And what does it look like? Like, when do you decide to trust a person? Because I'm like, fuck, I'm really good at trust and patterns sometimes. But then I'm like, STI wise, I've gotten lied to twice. So what do you do to make that decision for yourself? Is it just an intuition thing? It is. I like to pay attention to their everyday life before we even commit to having sex or play. Because I find that for me, if they're not up to standards as chore-wise, how they keep their living space, and just like, mm, you can't even clean that on a regular. I'm not sure if you can clean on a regular. <laughs> I love that idea, and I think I'm going to start FaceTiming people or being like, send me a selfie in your, wherever I can see them if I haven't been to their house. Yeah. <laughs> I use that kind of metric for if someone is very boring in a conversation and I'm just meeting them, I'm like, oh, well, you're not going to be creative in bed with me or you're going to let me do all the work. But that's excellent. Thank you for that nugget. I'll try it. Like, just go over there and like, hang out, like, especially if you're not one for or in the mood to have sex on, like, the first date or something, and then you just go over and hang out or something. You're just, take note of everything. Is there a sock on the kitchen counter? <laughs> 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 okay, that's a good point. Okay, what do you first remember hearing, thinking, feeling about sex as a young person? I was probably a preteen when I saw my first, like, scrambled porn on, like, the Black Box Cable Network. Okay. And I remember, I was like, why is it so pixelated and whatever, whatever. But, like, I remember being up late night, you know, just on the weekends or something, and flipping through the channels 1 a.m., and that same channel was now clear as day. And I was like, oh, okay, this is getting tied in my pants this is weird but it's not i like this and i remember the very first porn scene i ever seen was like at a beach i'm just like they're naked outside that's dope <laughs> <laughs> like to me like me as a kid like being naked outside was just not even a thought that was just completely mind-blowing to me i was like i want that I don't know why, but I want that. So from then on, like, I look for any excuse to be, like, naked around the house, not just, like, in my own room, bathroom. And, like, my parents were non-existent growing up. So, like, I had the house to myself a lot. So, like, I'd just walk around naked. And then, you know, doing it more and more. I'm just like, oh, now I'm walking around naked with a heart on. This is great. You know, private backyard. I'd go hang out on the balcony in the back and just sit in a lawn chair and just do whatever that's great so when did you start to like feel your so you got a boner you're young you had alone time did you have siblings or anything it was just you my sister but she was always out with my mother got it but at the same time it was like having the boner and a hard-on felt great as it is so like just sitting there i'm just like this is really nice so like experience me as a young boy i'm just like let me see if i if i rub the tips you know just playing with myself to figure out what feels good and early on I figured that dry hands didn't really do much for me so like I ran to the bathroom and like took the bar of soap and lathered it up with soap and water and just started going (laughs) myself I was like oh this is nice this is real nice and so that led to like doing that in the shower and jerking off with soap and all that and then like because the water was running and but this was before I hit puberty and whatnot. So, like, I would have the physical sensation of orgasm, mm-hmm. 
but I was, I didn't realize like there was potentially something coming out of it. It wasn't until later that like I, I learned the whole you got a bottle of lotion next to your bed. Her, 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 what are you doing? So I tried that and I was like, oh, this is messy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the whole learning experience with like masturbation was like keep a towel on hand. Don't use Vaseline, even though everybody joked about that. It's just too thick to do anything with it. Yeah. Good point. I realized that recently. I was like, Vaseline is the same thing they were talking about, but that's not, that's like sticky. Did soap get sticky when it started to like wash off or did you just like keep reapplying? Yeah, it did. You have to <laughs> constantly like rewet your hands. I love it. So tell us a little bit about the vibe in the household. It sounds like there was not so much talking about it. Was it the same with, like, your friend group, your social? Like, just give us kind of a landscape of your early formative years and kind of, like, sex-wise, where you talked about it, where you learned about it beyond scramble porn. The most my parents have ever talked about it was, someday you're going to have a kid and we're going to help you raise it. Yeah, that was it. I'm just like, okay. Because I grew up in a very Catholic house, so sex, was, I guess, was taboo to them. I don't even remember a time ever, like, hearing my parents go at it or any inkling of like oh there might be a box of condoms in their closet or something so like i don't know they're not as sexually active that's fine because i don't know about that <laughs> totally <laughs> <laughs> as far as friends go it was just the whole dude bro like oh yeah i made out with that girl and oh uh, here you're talking to this girl this and that or oh you're dating her well i heard that such and such was dating her as well so like oh, you're getting your seconds and mumble so i don't care she's giving me attention i like that okay so even from a young age oh i love that you were like no you can't shame me i like my attention so tell us about when you did start exploring with partners and like talking to ladies like how did you how was that for you what sounds like ladies you said you're a straight dude so <laughs> I'm assuming yeah, ladies. i've always talked to girls knowing that i was interested in girls even from a young age like i think like i had my first pretend girlfriend in like third grade okay. even though it was just like oh i sit next to you are you my girlfriend now <laughs> <laughs> totally but I, I didn't really start exploring until like sixth grade when i had like my first makeout session it was just making out a friend's house with one of her friends in her bed makes that a rubby feeling and all this and that oddly enough i didn't have a boner then because i think we were dressed fully like belt pants on and like back then i was really gothic and emo so i had like a studded belt so like that rubbing against each other was just kind of a little painful it is painful <laughs> <laughs> let's see i lost my virginity probably around eighth grade ninth grade summer-ish it wasn't really something I was wanting to do at the time because at the time I was really focusing on my wrestling in high school. Okay. And so, like, we were doing, you know, making out, touching, blah, 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 rubbing up on her. And, of course, she was playing with her own and whatnot. But we had the sex talk, and I was just like, oh, I don't know. Like, we don't have a condom. Let's not do this. You know, like, we just learned about sex ed, so, like, uh, pregnancy. Yeah. And so... Even with that kid said, she still hopped on top of me and inserted me into herself. And so, like, there was a little iffy feeling. I was like, oh, let's not do this, let's not do this, let's not do this, but then I still went with it, you know. Okay. How was that as a first time? Over very quickly. <laughs> I think she was probably riding me for a minute or two, and I was just like, I know what's going to happen. You need to get off me real quick, otherwise there's going to be a 
big, big issue. And so she's like, okay, okay, cool. And I was like, but I still want to come. So, like, when you, like, suck me off for gummy or something, she's like, no, I don't want to taste myself. That's weird. So she played with it. She, like, she jerked me off for a while. And, like, being the first, like, orgasm I've had that wasn't myself, like, I swear to God, that pumped up, touched the ceiling. <laughs> it was intense. Wow. Yeah. I pretty much rained and showered us with cum. Do you come that easily with hand jobs now? Like, I've made people come with hand jobs. I'm always very anxious about it because I'm like, am I going to do it right? They're probably better at this. So it's like, I hear the hotness in that. Is that something that's continued for you? Like, simple hand jobs actually make me very relaxed and I can fall asleep. It's like a soothing thing for me. Okay, so, like, if I come home and like, I'm ha- I had a very stressful day, like, my fans are just like, okay, lay down. I got you. And just slowly jerk me off until I nod off. And then that's it. And then sometimes I'll wake up to her, like, blowing me. Oh, that's hot. I have a fantasy about getting woken up or, like, waking up and having sex be happening on me. I know that that falls into a rape category for a lot of people, but I'm really looking for a partner that I can trust where I can be like, do it, babe, do it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so fun. So you can fall asleep while you're getting a hand job. So that means you're not necessarily coming. It's just, like, the stimulation or arousal, but it's relaxing? Yeah, it's very relaxing, oddly enough. It's when you add moisture or some kind of lube to that hand job, and then it's just like, oh, it's go die. Okay. So leading up to your sexual debut with a partner, had you had any oral or manual play with another partner before that moment you already told us about? No. Mm-mm. It wasn't until, like, my girlfriend or the next few play dates or hookups I've had after that. Because I had switched high schools from a mildly conservative one to a more liberal one. Okay. Thank God for that, because that's when, like, my sexual even started growing its roots and whatnot, because yeah. my popularity in high school was very contingent of, of how much weed I sold, so I was in with all of the crowds and cliques. I was with the jocks, the cheerleaders, the stoners, the goths. Everybody knew me, and so I had, like, an untapped market of potential hookups. Wow. Like, I learned at a very young age that having sex in life was phenomenal yeah so will you tell us a little bit about that time period in your life like sex wise like what were you learning about yourself what was fun what do you remember i was learning everything so because i had so many like potentials if one particular girl wasn't wanting to do this or that i need another one did and i made it a point to not get exclusive with anybody and they knew that so like i was kind of living like every high school boy's dream but it sounds like you were communicating about it, too, and not just like, oh, and yeah, it also sure. sounds like the reverse of the part of you that are like, that's okay that she's with someone else. I'm getting attention. Like, is it still how your kind of like relational brain is organized? Like, are you jealous? Are you monogamous now with your partner? Currently, right now, we're monogamous, but we have had talks about playing with a third and more public stuff than that. You know, it's whenever she's ready, I'm not pushing it, but whenever she's ready, I'm all for it. You know, because she's so busy in her life right now. It's not really a main priority for her to focus on. But whenever she is, I'll walk her through it. It's fine. Totally. And let's all get vaccinated for monkeypox before we go do our group play. I'm all for safe sex. Yeah, exactly. So in that time, it sounds like even though you were like hooking up with ladies, the origins of your daddy dom caretaking self were already there. Like it seems like there is care and attention to partners is that what it felt like at the time or were you more like high school whatever whatever i think subconsciously me just being a nice guy if you want to say like i've always kind of had this mindset of 
if I woo said girl or like take care of her in such a more traditional sense, she would essentially give up to me. Mm. But then like, I generally found that I enjoy taking care of people, not just necessarily women for hookups, but like if one of my friends is just in a very bad situation or needs cheering up, I'm like, bro, let's go have dinner. I got you. You want a hug? You want to scratch your head or something? You want to cut on the couch? I got you, you know, so it's just, I'm just generally a natural caregiver kind of person. It just helps. And it's a benefit that it usually leads to sex. <laughs> well, totally. I mean, I think that's an important thing to actually like notice and pay attention to because it's like sexually, I'm always looking for like a safe space and a caring person, but also like as a person who's also a nurturer and my nurturing qualities get wasted because how many, you know, I'm sleeping mostly with dudes. I'm still figuring out women. I experience it sometimes as difficult to be like, hi, I'm here. I'm ready to nurture. And then if it's not intimate, if it's not sexual, then it, there's like a different level of closeness in a lot of regular society. So I totally am all for that nurturing everywhere. So what happened next? What was unfolding for you? Or like, what else did you learn about yourself in that kind of era? And tell us about high sex if you want. That was humbly messy. All of it was short-lived. Because, you know, like... You know, we're kids, we're young, we, we don't have the experience, may have the energy and stamina, but doesn't necessarily mean we have the energy to like go rounds and rounds and rounds. I mean, some people do, but yeah. for me, sex was really short back then because it's just the overstimulation and the excitement of like, oh my God, I'm having sex. Ooh, I thought I had to wait to marriage or blah, 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 or whatever. It wasn't until senior year or even after high school that I started living life as an adult moved out of the south to the west coast and started meeting other adults and like started learning about sex doesn't always have to be penetrative like you can make people orgasm come with not just penetrative sex i was just like okay because you know with performance anxiety and lab with like a lot of guys that suffer through that like yeah. i always tell Especially people in my group, like, you can make people orgasm with your mouth, your hands, tits, your feet, whatever you're into. Like, it's just not all about thrusting into somebody. <laughs> I remember this one girl I was picking up with over in the West Coast. She couldn't get off penetratively or pledge. She only got off orally. Huh. The most of our set together was just giving each other oral, and that was it. That's so hot, and this seems like a great time to tell us about your oral fixation. Just something about having my mouth and face in a lady's most intimate areas is such a turn on. Like, I could be down there for hours and hours and hours. Everything with the taste, the smell, her body language. I just love, love making them feel good. Amazing. Do you have any specifics of, like, physical moves that you like to do when you are worshipping a pussy? It started with, you know preteens telling each other, oh, you should do the alphabet with your tongue. That's what drives the ladies wild. I'm like, okay, that's not like bullshit. So it was just a bunch of trial and error. And then I remember coming across like a interview on like Pornhub or something about how to give oral the best way coming from other porn stars. And they're just like, treat eating pussy like a blowjob. There should be suction there should be a good seal around clit and or lips and the whole thing just don't stab at it with your tongue like every woman 
has different likes and needs as far as how she wants to be pleasure worthy. When the girl's close to coming, I kind of just do the same move, and it's my lips are sealed around her clit and like kind of halfway on her lips. It's a lot of suction. I actually use the bottom of my tongue instead of the top because it's smoother. Yeah. The difference, like a lot of women can feel the texture difference. Mm. Wait, how do you do it? What do you like when you're suctioned up against? Is it like over your teeth? It, like I flip it up. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see. And yeah. then just rub side to side or up and down. <sighs> and then I'll get my fingers in there and kind of just feel around. I'll switch it up to like use of thought stimulation and then flip it to where I'm going deeper. Nice. And I'll just switch it up until they're happy and, and shivering and quivering. <laughs> Amazing. And do you want to tell us about how you like to be worshipped as well? I like to be teased. So the sides of my dick are very sensitive. So like if you're sucking up and down on the sides of it, then that drives me wild. Like it gets to the point where I'm throbbing hard. Like it's twitching, especially the front end, the frenulum, whatever frenulum. it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're sucking and like stimulating it with your tongue there, I'm just, I'll do whatever you want afterwards you want me to clean the kitchen i clean the kitchen (laughs) (laughs) good to know i hope your fiance takes note oh that's awesome wait i want to know about these sensitive sides is it like if you're moving up and down the whole thing it's awesome i mean maybe that's true too but kissing and licking up the sides is that nice or is that overstimulating like is it it's phenomenal the the only overstimulation i have is when like i'm getting done coming and like you're just still going at it it's just like Totally. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health, but if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. I learned from my first threesome experience that my sides are really sensitive from having a mouth on either side. That's where like that started from. And so what my fiance would do is like she'll stimulate one side with her mouth and tongue and kind of do this like thing with her hand and it, it stimulates the same pleasure. Oh, that's so 
fun. So do you want to tell us some details about that threesome experience? Like, were they making out on either side? Like, what happened? <laughs> it happened with me meeting, like, a group of women on, like, a bachelor party or something like that. And we were just sharing drinks, just talking whatnot. And I had noticed, like, this one girl was really, like, checking me out. I'm like, mm, cool. I'll check you out, too. And so one thing led to another, we go back to their hotel and we were making out, getting drinks in. She was starting to go down on me. And so I was sitting in like one of the hotel chairs next to the table. She was going out on me for a good bit. And I guess the chick she was friends with that she was, had the hotel room with barges in and was completely shocked. She's like, oh my God, huh. keep going. <laughs> and she was just like, come here, come here, come here. You have to check this guy's dick out. It's, it's nice. Like, I don't have, like, the biggest thing ever, but, like, I guess, from what I've been told, it's aesthetically nice. <sighs> Congratulations. Well, size is not everything. There are so many nice cocks. I'm, I'm so glad that you got appreciated. What a great way to get appreciated. Okay, so she's like, come check out this nice cock. And then what? Yeah, for new us. Uh, you know, both of them were blowing me at the same time. That was my first, like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. this is what you only ever see in pornos in my life. Well, best life ever right now. Let's let's get it. It started with me just playing with the first girl for a while because the other girl was just kind of hesitant about going beyond giving the blowjob. And she was like, no, girl, you have to try this. This thing is amazing. She's hitting this particular spot I never knew I had. And she was like, what spot? I wonder if I have a spot. And I was like, come here. And so she gets up. The other girl lays down in front of me and like, we're going at a missionary. The other girl had the idea of, here, lay down. You get on top of him, reverse cowgirl. And as she was riding me, the first girl got between her legs and started sucking on her clit and, like, massaging my balls and, like, stroking you on that. And I was just like, is this for real? Whoa. This is out of this world. And as soon as she started doing that, I was like, all right, I'm about to come. Like, this, <laughs> this is a lot. That's amazing. Also, you got to look at a butt while you're, I mean, like, that's so, also, I have a new fan. I I don't think I've ever been on someone reverse cowgirl and had a, someone else going down on me. And now I want that. You should try it. It's it's great. And then we actually had a second threesome later that night, too, after dinner. Because over dinner, it was just us and, like, a couple other people. And I guess somebody else in their party had heard us. They were just like, what were y'all doing? <laughs> like, that conversation that until like got us all horny for it again and so that time i lasted a lot longer <laughs> yeah well if you've already been drained then it's a little bit easier to sort of you know yeah and you know being 19 you know new to the experience and all that so moved back to my city in the south and somebody had invited me to a sex party at a local fit lounge and i started really getting like a more intimate understanding of what like bdsm was role play was public displays and stuff you know group stuff or just all that swinging and so i was just like can you keep inviting me back i want to learn more and more and there was like well unfortunately you can't come as a single guy you have to have some kind of female companionship with you at least at the very least and i'm like okay cool let's just you know hit up one of the old girls from high school and be like hey you want to come on this with me you know for old time sakes and so that happened and i was like wow people are walking around naked that's what i used to do as a kid 
Can I get that sex doing it? Okay, cool. So like that played more into comforting my like whole expedition stuff. Tell us more. Also, I wish that I had had one of my like hookup buddies from high school be like, hey, sex club. Like <laughs> that would be so cool. Yeah, tell us about the exhibitionist enjoyments that you have. It's something with fresh air, sunlight on your skin. It's not really a sexual thing for me. It's like a lifestyle. It's like really calming. But then like if I can have sex while doing it, that's even better. You know, exploring the mountain ranges or lakes or beaches out here in the south and really just being able to like fuck in the woods or by like a waterfall or a pond or a lake or something or a stream. Just something very like natural, almost primal about it, you know. Yeah. Okay, so here's my question. Have you gotten to do that, like, with your fiancé and stuff? And do you do it, like, on the ground, standing up? Like, how dirty do you like to get in the literal dirt sense? Oh, it doesn't matter to me. I haven't had a chance to do it with my fiancé yet because she's so busy with her career. Right. But in my past, I've gone to hiking trails, waterfalls, the whole nine. And I will always bring a blanket of some sort. I bring what's called a wimpy. It's actually just a poncho liner that can fit, like, three people in it, and I'll lay it down. According, but like if it's we're in water, we'll do like I'm be inside of it in the water because it's just like very unsanitary and whatnot. But like we'll play with each other in the water, and then like when it's time to like I really want to fuck right now, but let's go over to the blanket and we'll do it there. Me and my friends actually have a cabin trip coming up in October, and the picture she was showing me about the cabin has like this gigantic patio. So I'm just like, I just want to lay out naked in the sun, tan my ass cheeks. Yeah, okay. But what about also like some balcony fucking or something or patio? Like oh, absolutely. She in her past, and she's, she's already told me I can tell this, but her past, she had like her own experiences with like threesomes and all that party stuff. But it wasn't until she met me that she like started figuring out like, ooh, we can really explore what I'm into and whatnot. So I've been leading her into more and more sexual adventures and whatnot. I remember. One of my admins from my fetish group flew into town to meet up and have dinner, and like I was playing with her under the table at dinner. Uh, that's also one of my fantasies, which I'm like, why haven't I had that yet? That's so. What kind of? Will you set the scene for us? Like, what was there a tablecloth, or was it like? <laughs> no, she was in just a dress, like a sundress or something. No underwear. It was me and her sitting next to each other. My friend from the group. And heard the time that the guy she was dating, we were at Korean barbecue, just eating and whatnot. Like, you can just kind of see my arms in her lap, but you could tell I was fingering her on <laughs> the table over there. And so dinner wrapped up, and she whispers my ear. She's like, I'm so fucking wet. Can we just go out there somewhere? So, like, I was like, okay, just follow me in my car. And we, like, found a random parking lot, and I popped my trunk, and, like, she, I've got her head in my trunk with her ass in the air and just going at it. That's really hot. Yeah, wow. and like cars are driving by, people are walking by. I'm just like, fuck it. It just looks like I'm looking in the trunk or something. <laughs> so like, I'm always, I'm always looking for an excuse to have public sex. Yes, but it's a very good sneaky public sex that's not offending people. It was at night. Yeah. yeah. What else have you done publicly? Is there anything else that we need to know about, or just like places or fantasies that you haven't done yet that you want? Oh, back to the Fed Lounge. The ultimate like pinnacle of my exhibitionist was. It was a workshop for oral education. 
And so I was the practice material and the, the teacher was teaching the crowd how to give blowjobs. And you know, there I was on the stage being the source material. And then that led to, hey, you have really good like stage presence. You know, how about you participate in having a threesome on stage for the crowd to learn and whatnot? And I was like, oh, I can't. Yeah. You had a threesome on stage. What was it like? Did they tell you what to do? Or did you like to, like what? What was it like? <laughs> I wasn't the middle in this particular threesome. It was one of the ladies, and it was really her call and what she wanted to do and whatnot. She was the teacher, and so it was just kind of going at it going with a slow pace and like just taking answers or suggestions from the crowd it was like hey such and such like hey what does it feel like to have two mouths on your penis or what does it feel like to have how can you give oral to one girl with two mouths and whatnot or like what happens if you do this position or can we see this position or is there a position to where everybody has an orgasm at the same time or something you know like it was kind of like a very hands-on workshop it's like my ideal. I don't. Apparently, I get turned on by like educational related sex stuff. Like, apparently, I have a very specific. <laughs> like, now I'm like, oh, wait, is this a weird work kink? It's my whole life. And like hearing you, what, what was the phrase you used? Source material. Source material. Oh, be, or the practice material. Like, oof. That was the workbook. The workbook. Yes. The living workbook. That's first of all, hot. I want to go there. Second of all, I cannot wait to go into the spaces and like learn all the sexy things in person. What a cool way to get educated. Yeah, unfortunately, that lounge that I was talking about is still closed because of COVID. So, like, nobody's really been back since. Yeah. Okay. Were you able to learn anything while you were a piece of source material, aka the workbook? Or were you just, like, in pleasure? Like, what was that like for you? I was just in pleasure. It was a surreal moment for me. I was like, I'm, I'm just going to be here, be present, try to last the whole hour-long workshop. <laughs> I love that. Wow. So I would love to hear a little bit about your kinky unfoldings and development. Like, when did you become aware of what a daddy dom is? And do you and your fiance have a DDLG dynamic, which is a daddy dom little girl dynamic for listeners? I wasn't aware of it before her until my last ex. And so she was like, hey, you have a very natural, like, dominant demeanor about you. Like, you don't ask me if things are needed to be taken care of. You just kind of go ahead and do things. But then at the same time, they're very soft and gentle. And apparently what really got me to understand it was I had subconsciously been taking care of them after sex, like aftercare. I had no idea that was a thing until like she was just like, you know, it's very nice that you go get a towel and get us drinks of water and like I really appreciate you like cleaning me up and asking if I want to shower and do you want a snack or something. Like especially when it's really intensive like primal play and they're just kind of in the moment and just can't really function at the time. Like I'll come in with a blanket. Just to me them shivering and quivering, I'm like, Oh shit, they're cold. No, they're just overly sensitive from all the stimulation. But like putting a blanket on them kinda of really grounds them. Yeah. I met my fiance now. The biggest factor into her getting into me and having feelings for me was because of all that. Because she had already been into that lifestyle before me. But she didn't have as much experience and knowledge as well. But she just knew that she was a girl before me. What's funny is when we met, it was actually the first day that I started my fetish group on Facebook. 
yeah, we met there. She joined that day, and she was like, oh, well, wow, you're from the same city. That's cool. Like, I didn't realize there was a whole new group for Asians to be community with each other and whatnot. So, yeah, this is great. And so I DM'd her, was teasing her about the time. I was like, yeah, you know, you should post more. You're actually pretty sexy. You should be more active in the group, blah, blah, blah. And that led to us talking for a while. And then we started hanging out and going on dates. And honestly enough, the beginning of our relationship was actually very wholesome. We never talked about sex. What? A lot. Wow. <laughs> we never shared news. We never, like, really flirted or whatnot. We, like, we were subconsciously had the same idea of getting to know each other. And then, like, that led to the whole onesie thing randomly one day. <laughs> and we joke about it now because we're like, oh, man, that was such a waste of time. You know, that whole three weeks we were being all wholesome and whatnot, we could have been fucking because... I definitely wanted to fuck you the first time I met you, but like past relationships, I just didn't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, so trust building leads to hotness. That's amazing. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor, and they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice, so I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people? This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Fleur. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories, so they downloaded Fleur and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Fleur app celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Fleur invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. Can you tell us the parts about having that daddy-dom energy that feels sexiest to you? Like, what are the parts of that dynamic that are really delicious for you? It's really the telling of what to do, the guidance, and just basically doing what I want to do, and just having my submissive little just be like, yes, yes, please hurt me, hit me. You know, shove your cock in my mouth, choke me, blah, blah, blah. It's fun for me to be taking control. And then like, if you find the right person that is, like, it turns them on more not to have to think about what to do and just have the, th you know, whatever we're doing, be taken care of and be taking the lead. Because it comes from her busy career. And so at the end of the day, she's like, if I can just shut my mind off and you just take the reins, fuck me silly. It's a big turn on for her. And it goes into like our everyday life too. It's just like, oh, what do you want to eat? Oh, I don't know. What do you want to eat? And it's just, if I just say, 
hey, we're going to go get tacos. Yeah. Right? She's like, yes, I appreciate that. I didn't want to have to think about it. And then, like, if I carry that same energy, it's just like, ooh, daddy doesn't care of me. Oh, no, I'm what? <laughs> yeah. Well, and for myself personally, those are the moments where then I start to get replenished enough because I can let go of the narrative that I'm in charge of every single little decision. And then it gives room for my own creativity to bubble up. And then I'm a better worshiper. Yeah, it's the same with her, too. Awesome. The more stress I can take away from her, the slutter she gets from me. Beautiful. Oh. Will you give us a few details about the sort of, like, we heard a little bit, there is some impact play there. There, It sounds like there is some, like, I heard you talking about primal stuff and aggressive stuff. Will you speak to that a little bit? So she is very, very much a huge masochist. Like, she's in the pain. Mm. I can bite her in certain areas, and she'll come from that, like, <sighs> immediately. I'll bite her on her necks if, like, we're making out. I can bite on her nipples or in her inner thighs, scratch her back really hard. I can make her come without penetrative sex being inside of her. Yeah, like I kind of wish she was here to, for her to give her side of the story, but she's so into pain, like it's it makes my job so much easier. And so, like, if we're going at it and we're fucking, you know, like I bite one of her hot spots, and she just goes crazy. She becomes a wet noodle. <gasps> yeah, she loves getting spanked. She's, we've got riding crops, nipple clams. Yeah, she's got a whole bunch of toys that we play with. Plugs, dildos. She just recently bought me a bunch of fleshlights, too, that we play with each other. Okay, I was literally just going to be like, what toys do you use on yourself? What do you do? you like fleshlights? Have you gotten to use them yet? I have used them. Whenever she's not feeling it, or when she is in the mood to play with toys, she's like, hey, can we use our toys? I'm like, yeah, sure, go get your... Like, her, her favorite toy right now is Tracy's dog. It's kind of like a hook-shaped toy like, with a dildo, and this suction that goes right on the clit, and like, she swears it's the best thing ever. Oh, that's intense. I don't know if my clit could handle that. That sounds hot, though. She says it's like, the best toy she's ever had. It, to the point where I'm just like, is it my replacement? No! <laughs> best toys are best used by favorite people. Oh, yeah, yeah. She loves it when I use it on her. The last time we had restraint play, like, I tied her down to her bed, used that toy on her while I was in her ass, and, like, she was just completely incapacitated for the rest of the night. Like, she just couldn't, she just couldn't live. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah, she's she's very much an anal, too. I wasn't into anal until I met her, mm. but, like, she's just got the nicest ass I've ever had. Because she's, like, four foot eleven and, like, all of the thickness, you know, and tattooed, like, she's the perfect one for me. Hot. Yeah, she's very much into anal. She's got very nice plugs. She's got a whole different sort of plugs that we will use on her before I penetrate her ass. I remember one time I was using the Tracy dog on her, and she was kneeling in front of me. And so I was behind her. I'm in her ass. I got Tracy's dog in her. I'm playing, rubbing my hands all over her, and I'm biting the back of her neck. And she's shaking as if she's, like, having a conniption fit. And then she just collapses. She was like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Yeah. Just, like, just don't touch me. <laughs> Amazing. Even though she just becomes completely, like, overly sensitive and a wet noodle and just, like, we, we call it cum drunk. Yeah. Hot. Oh. Yeah. She'll just have orgasm after orgasm. And so, like, she gets uber sensitive, even, like, if I just blow on her. Wow. Like, if she gets enough comes in and she's horny enough like if we're at it for a while i can just kind of just blow a light breeze on her and she fucking comes that sensitive 
Oh my gosh. Okay, first we had Renly May talking about coming from the wind, and now you can just blow on your fiancé. Like, literally just blow. That's incredible and so hot. Wow. Full disclaimer is not anything that I do. Or like, I'm not trying to say that I'm just, like, this sex expert or anything. It's, no, you're not saying it that way. Her body's cool. Like, it's your connection it's the is connection cool. that we have. You know, like, I know her body. She knows mine. And, like, yeah. we, over the years, we've just gotten to know each other sexually to that extent. So, like, I know the right, you know, combination, the buttons to push and all that. It's the whole upright, upright, left, down, ADAB kind of thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so speaking of those combinations, what about your body? I would love to hear some physical details that we haven't. We heard a little bit about your cock. Are there other places on you that feel amazing? Maybe not necessarily the go-to erogenous zones, but also those. Also would love to hear about your butt. My inner thighs are really sensitive. You brush your hand in my thigh. It's an immediate donor. Mm. I love having my neck muzzled. The way she plays with my chest, like how she rubs her hands on my chest. I don't know why, but just whenever she does certain things, it's just like immediate donor. Yeah, and like the way to get me to submit and get out of like daddy dom mode is like having both my balls and my closet modeled <sighs> during the role. Okay. What kind of stimulation do your balls like? Massages. I don't really like sucking on them too hard. Okay. But just like caressing, massaging, kind of like in tandem with whatever your other hand and mouth is doing. And it's just like one fluid motion of just pleasure and just like keep going. Are you comfy with like backdoor play? Like do you like to kind of wander down or is that what's your butt like for you? It's fine. I've never had anything inserted in me, but like I've had my level like it's great. I like it. Cool. Would you ever consider insertions? With her, we joke about it. Like, you know, happy International Women's Day. It's time to beg you. I would love to hear a little bit. You mentioned Facebook group and sex. How do you have an erotic Facebook? I've gotten kicked off of things so many times and shut down. So, like, what are your secrets? What are you doing? What is that community like? And how has it been? How has it shaped your sexual self? So we are actually on our third group because we keep getting shut down. Oh, okay. I guess that makes me feel a little better, but also terrible for the world. <laughs> yeah. Facebook and me don't have a great relationship because I keep getting 30-day bans left and right. But it originally started with a different non-sexual group called Subtle Asian Traits. Okay. And that is just where Asian Americans or Asians in general can get together and just joke about the common nuances of just being an Asian American, they're like, oh, my parents are this. Oh, really? Mine are like that too. Oh, wow. Like, it's a whole generational cultural thing. And that got me thinking, like, the Asian community in general is very conservative. Like, nobody really talks about sex unless it's like in a closed knit group amongst friends, blah, blah, blah. And so, me and one of my other friends, who's one of the admins in my group was like, I reached out to her and was just like, what if we started our own subtle Asian fetish slash kink group? How would that turn out? She's like, we can try. We'll do it. And so we set up with the whole mission of don't yuck somebody else's yum. And just because somebody's being sexual or outwardly sexual doesn't mean they're wanting to be sexual with you and yes. that whole consent stuff. So like we were really big on, you know, talking about consent and all that too, to the point where like, I had to make a post about consent as far as an exhibition and stuff goes. Mm -hmm. 
because like not everybody in public wants to see all that not yeah. everybody can consent to all that so like you really even though you're wanting to do public stuff you kind of have to do it privately in public because not everyone wants to see that totally and so it got to the point where more and more people started joining it got i think the most we've had was like 600 members but it was international not just in the states like we have members in uk Malaysia, Singapore, all over Asia, the United States. I think we had some in like South America. It got big enough to where relationships started forming, mine in particular, where people were meeting up with each other. Like, hey, I'm going to be in this certain city, blah, blah, blah. Is anybody in this area? And then like a couple of days later, they're posting, you know, details and pictures and this and that about their meetup and whatnot. That's awesome. There's a lot of friendships and bonds that have started. Basically, the, the whole premise of the group is like a safe place for fellow Asians. And we're not exclusive to Asians, too. Like we have other members of other races. The only stipulation is like you can't join unless you're dating somebody Asian. Because a lot of people fear about the whole yellow fever thing, fetishizing, uh, you know, somebody's race. I mean, nobody wants that. Okay, are there any other turn-ons or any stories we need to hear that we haven't heard yet or turn-offs that you know just what else do we need to know about your sex life we've heard a lot it's more so like character traits that turn me off like if, if i notice like if i'm out of date and my date is like really rude to the wait staff yeah i don't want anything to do with it you know totally i guess that i would consider myself demisexual where i'm more attracted people's personalities mindset and whatnot because yeah. if i if i don't like you there i'm not gonna like you physically i get that same thing also people's faces their physical appearance really morphs to me depending on how nice they are to me like depending on like our, our relationship and like i don't know if i count as demisexual do you think there can be a casual demisexual because like i do i, I have casual so. sex okay and then maybe i'm casual demisexual. i don't know i still pay attention to i'm like can we just treat each other like people Right, like I wouldn't want to gatekeep that because you don't feel fully in, you know, like. Um, Great point. Because <laughs> you are going to come across somebody where it's just like, oh, you're so hot, I don't even care if you're a good person. <laughs> mm, yeah, I guess I've never had that. But also I think there are moments where I could come across a hot, nice person and not get to know more and just have that moment and then, I don't know, yeah, because we can always learn. physical, purely but, physical. You know? Yeah, and then like learn better or worse things about them later. I guess I haven't had that happen, so I feel like I have a good intuition. Okay, any other like travel stories or weird places or places you want to do it that you haven't yet or just like other general fantasies? Just very like, you know, you see posts on Instagram, Facebook and Pinterest of like very aesthetic, you know, hiking trails and whatnot. I'm just like, yeah. One particular place is like Banff, Canada. Have you seen the ponds and lakes out there in the mountain ranges of Banff? Where is it, Banff? Yeah, Banff, Canada. Oh. Like it's crystal blue turquoise water with nice woods and mountains is, is pure aesthetics i'm just like i'm gonna fuck over there yeah <laughs> that yeah. is what i think every single beautiful vacation photo i assume that's what they're inviting me to think about but right you um, know like like the on the water huts and like the maldives oh yeah like, like, like i'm gonna fuck these oh, yes. or like on the net like over the water or something you know like anywhere like over water for sure yeah. especially in sunlight Beach sex, for sure. Never going to turn that down. Totally. Formative experience. Oh, I was going to ask you, actually. So you had that formative beach sex porn experience, and porn was part of the teen years. Are you still a porn person? Do you like porn? What kind of porn are you into? Is it in your life very much? I haven't watched porn in such a long time. 
I basically get sex whenever I want it. So like there hasn't been a need for porn and masturbation, but like that's always really nice. Like I'm blessed in that sense. Hot. But for the longest time, I couldn't get off to porn unless it was like solo play, like a female playing with herself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like that was really the only thing that got me off. Like there's something about the female body that's just beyond sexual, and it's just like aesthetics, and just like oh, God. yeah. Do you and your partner ever make porn together? We do. Yeah. That's my Yeah. Friend. Every time, like, we have sex, it's like, are you going to be posting on your private Snapchat for everybody? I'm like, yes. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. I love it. Is she part of that community with you now, or is it something that you kind of have separate? Yeah, she's one of my admins. She is. Oh, yeah, she's one, one of them? Hot, yeah. hot. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Okay, cool. I love that. So it sounds like group sex is on the table in the future at some point with no urgency. What are your kind of fantasies about what that would be like? Is it mostly threesomes or is it like, would you want to take her to the kind of play places or what do you guys talk about? I want to do everything with her, to be honest. Threesomes, group stuff. We're not into swinging. That's just not her thing. That's, I've tried it a couple of times and it was just, it never got beyond the physical aspect of it. Because like, remember I told you, I have to have that connection to really enjoy my sex with people. And that's what, like, what makes me and her work. But yeah, she, she's totally down to do anything that I want to do whenever she's in the right mindset for it. And then when she gets there in her life. Like we've talked about taking her out to like a nudist resort with me and going out to the set lounges whenever they're open up again. Yeah. Which doesn't seem likely now because of monkeypox. But, you know. I mean, we'll see. Divine timing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What would your fantasy space be like in in a imagine like a big resort area in the middle of the desert? No one else can see it, but like what public place would you want to like be able to fuck in anywhere where people Ooh, just watch? like a Mediterranean style carpet on the floor with a bunch of pillows, <sighs> you know, maybe a hookah, drinks on the sand mm. or just around water. <gasps> I love that like indoor outdoor kind of like loungy cabana yeah, desert yeah. ocean vibe. Yeah. I've always imagined like my ideal house would have just back of the house where the kitchen and living room is just, like you can completely undo the wall and it's just open space where like we can start in the living room and then just kind of work our way out to the back patio where the hot tub is mobile and it's just like the open breeze okay. and natural sunlight it just feels so good on the skin. Ugh. Hashtag life goals. That is the reason that I'm like, oh, I love my apartment. I would love a place with some dirt so I could go outside and just be in the dirt. Speaking of apartments, the last apartment I had, it was on the third floor and I had gotten some privacy screens from Amazon and like I lined the balcony with it so like nobody can see. And it's just like my perfect little nudist area to be outside and tan and whatnot. I love that too. Privacy screen so you can be as naked as you want without worrying about neighbors. That's Mm -hmm. great. Okay. Do you have any other like thoughts on sex in general before I ask you our wrap-up questions? Okay, to be honest, all of the episodes I've been listening to on sex stories have just like filled in the gaps from everybody else's experience. I was wondering how I could incorporate being a daddy dom in the sex play and also like help with mental health and self-love and all that. So it's just like there was one particular episode where he was telling her to like tell her she loves herself and if she didn't he she got hit yeah so i started trying to do that i was just like oh 
because Westminster has a very big issue with like self love and self esteem mm-hmm. and all that. So like, if I can kind of incorporate sex with making her feel better about herself, I would. Like, I would like to have learned more about different tips and techniques about that. Amazing. I mean, that's yeah. It's such a tricky thing because it's different for every single person. My former master, we went through a little phase where he would do some stuff similar to that for me because I have a really hard time actually receiving a lot of attention on me, both sexually, but like also in the world. Like there's a reason that I'm, you know, I mean, I'm looking at you on a video here, but I'm a voice to most people. (laughs) And like, I like pictures. I like photography, but he would have me sort of meditate on being the center of my own universe and like have me kind of like repeat these phrases and like, you know, it would come and go depending on how much attention he was paying to me. But like self-affirmation almost. Kind of. Yeah. We were never as in tune emotionally. Sometimes we shared some stuff, but there were big emotional gaps because we didn't have the closeness that I've always dreamed of. We had a lot of sexual closeness, which led to some other stuff. But I think had we known each other in more day to day ways, there could have been even more helpful influence there and you sound like a person who's just so attuned to your partners i'm curious to know how that unfolds for you it's gonna be great sex for us is a bonding thing like when we have bad days or whatever we have sex and that leads to like me bathing her in the shower like Mm. the whole afternoon like i'll bathe her in the shower before and after we have sex and like i'll give her a pacifier brush her hair and all that so so cool is her hair long or how long is, is it like do you ever make her a ponytail it's like below her, her shoulder so like i can braid it put in a ponytail in there i love that for her for whenever she wants to get in a little space like i'll make her snacks get her coloring books give her a little pacifier and her favorite blanket i recently got her a giant boo squishmallow from like mario nice yeah so snuggle her blue or her like gigantic baby Yoda plushie and all that. I love that. So tell us what are your hopes for your sexual self going forward? Just to be able to learn more because my understanding of sex is it's an art. It's a study. Like we are always students to sex and there's always more to learn. Mm -hmm. So like I'm always just in the same mindset of what more can I learn? So, like, when I stumbled across sex stories, I was just like, this is perfect. You know, just binge listen to everything, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I learned so much from people's specifics, the patterns that they share, their experiences. There's so much more than I have learned in lots of books. And I'm still reading all the sex books, but, like, it's my favorite. I would like to start reading more sex books, too, if I had the time, unfortunately. But that's on my to-do list. Well, on my to-do list is to make a list of the sex books that I've read and sort of like create categories and put them on the website so that people can like go look just if they, if anyone's curious because I know I've mentioned a lot and sometimes people are like you're talking about these sex books what are they? So, I feel you. Yeah, that helped me out a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, now that I know that you want that, I'll make it faster. Did we say all your hopes? Just all the sex with her. <laughs> Love. I actually proposed her this past Sunday. Oh my god, it's so fresh! Congratulations! It's definitely renewed, like, the spark and the flames and the whole giddiness of the whole relationship. So, like, she she has to stop looking at the ring. She keeps sending me different pictures of, like, her doing stuff with the ring and all this and that. She's like, oh, look, look, it's me holding the steering wheel. Look, it's me pushing the shopping cart. Do, do you have one of her on your cock yet? Like, <laughs> No, not yet. <laughs> look, it's me giving a hand job. <laughs> She made a joke same night about 
oh, I guess the sex was so good, you put a ring on it. I was like, well, you technically have put a ring on it, but it's cock ring. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so if you could go back in time and give young youth sex advice, what age or ages would you pick and what would you tell them? Definitely learn more about consent because mm. of my losing a virginity situation. Like, I was in the mindset of not doing it, but I'm like, I let it slide anyway, so definitely consent. There were a lot of times where my hesitation led to not having sex. It was just like, yeah. just go for it. Yeah, you know, like, if I had known my life would turn out the same way it did, I'd just, just go for it. You could have had a lot more sex in the past. I definitely would have liked to have started my group a lot sooner than I did, because it started right at the peak of COVID. Fucking mm-hmm. <laughs> COVID. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm curious to hear how it will grow. And maybe you can come back and tell us at some point. You know, it sounds like you're in a great fucking place. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, very confident, for sure. Super happy. Kimosabi, thank you so much for being a guest on Sex Stories. Thanks for having me. Do you have a sex question for me? Any short-term goals in your future? 